Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Secret to Success podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I have an amazing guest for you today. I have Mr. Dan Henry. He is the founder of GetClients.com. He's also a Wall Street Journal and best-selling author, and he's also sold 15 million in digital products. So ladies and gentlemen, I welcome Mr. Dan Henry. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Better now that I'm talking to you. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. So I've, I've given our audience just like the tip of just like a piece of what it is you actually do. So if you can give our audience a little more information about you, Mr. Henry. Sure. So I teach people how to sell their advice online. Uh, that could be a variety of different ways to deliver that advice, like online courses, coaching, consulting, mastermind events. But ultimately, if you sell what you know, uh, that is who I help. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we definitely have a lot of wonderful entrepreneurs in our network or parallelpreneurs, those who are still working full-time jobs, who are still looking to 
to become replace their income with what they love and what they're passionate about. So, and they're definitely like master speakers, um, coaches, mm. trainers. So your information today will definitely assist them. So again, I thank you so much for joining us today. So, Mr. Henry, how did you actually get started with what it is that you do today? Well, it's actually an ironic story. Uh, back in college, I was going to school for audio engineering, and uh, I was trying to pay my way through college. And one day I was sitting at a guitar center uh, playing uh, a guitar that, I, you know, at the time I never thought I could afford because <laughs> the <laughs> guitar center was right next to the college. And there was this guy there, and he was looking for a microphone. And he, he couldn't figure out what microphone to buy. And I had just taken some classes on microphones at the college, so I gave him some advice. And he was so impressed with the advice that he offered me $100 to come to his house and teach him how to use his home recording gear. And when I left, I was like, wow, that's like the easiest money I ever made. So I started this uh, service, and I, I like posted on Craigslist, and I, I posted online, and it was uh, basically 50 bucks an hour. I'll get on screen share with you, and I'll show you how to use your uh, recording software. We'll, we'll work over a screen share. And I did that, and I was able to pay my way through college. Well, you know, years and years go by. I totally forget about it. I can never thought it would turn into an actual you know, real company or real business, and I stopped doing it. It was, just, it was really just to pay my way through college. So being an entrepreneur at heart, I tried a lot of things. I, I had some success, uh, failed at some things, and eventually got to a point where uh, I, I was in a bad spot and I wasn't doing very well. Um, I was starting to get back on my feet, but I got a letter from the IRS that said I owed $250,000 in taxes. And I was like, man, I don't, I mean, I'm, I don't know how I'm going to afford this, this bill. So I started looking up uh, blogs and articles online. I noticed that people are making crazy money teaching uh, like online courses and, and, and things like that. They're making stupid money, you know? And I thought, well, man, I, I, you know, I did this back in college. I didn't make, I didn't make hundreds of thousands of dollars or anything, but I, I did okay. I paid my way through college, so I tried it again. And this time, I taught, uh, I taught marketing because at the time I was running a marketing agency, and uh, I ended up doing a webinar, and I made forty-eight thousand dollars in a day. Yeah. And I did it a week later, like an encore, and I made fifty-two thousand. So within about ten days. I had made almost half of what I needed to pay off the IRS. And I was just like, okay, well, this is it. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I'm going to teach. So I go and do that, and within five months, I hit a million dollars in sales. Within another uh, couple of years, uh, two and a half, three years, I hit eight million. At the point when I hit eight million, uh, you know, I had taught what I had taught for quite a while, and I wanted to move on to something new, and I thought, well, you know, so many people are struggling to sell their advice. You know, so many people aren't doing well selling their course or their coaching program or what have you. And so I thought, well, you know, if anybody can teach that, it's me. I mean, I've made eight million doing it. So I started. Uh, I, I, you know, I wrote a book on it called Digital Millionaire Secrets. I created a coaching program around teaching people to sell their advice using the methods that I've used. The book became a Wall Street Journal bestseller. Um, the program became very popular. 
uh, we created hundreds of six-figure um, earners teaching their knowledge, dozens and dozens of, of seven-figure earners, um, and it's just been a wild ride. And, and I mean, that's that's essentially uh, that's essentially the story. Awesome! It's it's amazing how what you don't think you can get paid for, you actually can. The fact that you oh, went yeah. from <laughs> the fact that you went from sitting in guitar center, practicing, you know, just playing a guitar that you could that you thought you could never get to, being able to buy a guitar center, just from teaching your knowledge. Um, that's absolutely absolutely great. So. What was your what was your biggest fear in selling what selling your knowledge and how did you overcome that fear? Well, I think the biggest fear uh, for me and for anybody is you know like imposter syndrome, worrying people will criticize you, not think that you're qualified enough to teach, et cetera, et cetera. That's always the biggest fear, and you know I had that same fear as well. But I remembered back to when I had got paid by that guy at Guitar Center. And I remember I wasn't an expert at audio or recording. I wasn't Bob Rock. I wasn't a famous producer. (laughs) But I knew more than him. And that was enough for him. And if you think about it, let's say you're a restaurant owner, right? And you wanted to learn how to grow a local restaurant, who would you rather listen to? A neighbor that uh, has grown three or four successful local restaurants or maybe the CEO of Subway, right? You'd want to learn from the neighbor because it's closer to you. It's, it's, you know, you don't get intimidated by uh, that CEO because you might think, well, what is that CEO? How could he possibly relate to me? And so the thing is, is when you go to teach something, there's so many people out there that will relate to you. And they'd rather learn from you than somebody else. And it could be anything from just your style, the way you talk, um, your, your age or where you're from. There's so many people out there that will resonate with you and not with somebody else. And, somebody, and there are people that will resonate with somebody else and not with you. And the thing is, is the way in which anybody gets over imposter syndrome is by building something great. If you don't begin, you won't get better. Because think about this. When you start, right, like Michael Jordan didn't just – he wasn't born and he, he hit a three-pointer before he even got, <laughs> got out of the hospital bed. You know, uh, right. you know he, he had to work at it. So when you put yourself out there and you start teaching, the only way to become a better teacher is to teach. So by saying to yourself, well, I can't teach, I'm not good enough – you're literally denying yourself of the thing that will make you a better teacher. And everybody always gets better. My early clients got results, but they, don't get, they didn't get anywhere near as good of the results as my clients do now because it's been four or five years. I'm better. I'm better at teaching, just like anybody's going to get better. But that doesn't mean you don't have value to give. And if you don't start giving value now – and you don't get over those fears and start now, you never will become an authority. You never will become better. And all the people out there that you look at and say, well, they're better than me, the reason they're better than you is because they, begun, they, they started. At some point, they begun the journey. They began the journey. And if you don't begin, 
you'll never get there. So you have to just get over that and begin. And remember, you're, you're going to get criticized. That's part of the job. You're going to post on Facebook, run Facebook ads or whatever it is, and you're going to have people comment and, and say that you're terrible and say that you, you suck. They're going to say that. But you have to remember, nobody will criticize you that's doing more than you. The only, criticize, the only people that will criticize you is those that are doing less. It's not like Warren Buffett is going to reach out to you and say, hey, you suck, right? He's busy, you know? <laughs> so you just have to begin. Right. I, I really love how you said someone who's doing better than you is not going to criticize you. Those who criticize you are the ones that are not doing better than you because and for some reason it's the ones that aren't doing anything that hit us the most, you know. So Absolutely. Thank you, for, thank you for saying that because we, before we start anything, we, we go through that process of am I good enough? Will I be able to do this? Will I really be able to ask value? Will people actually listen to what I have to say? We already go through that process, and then we get hit with the ones who look at us and are like, man, I can do that. Yeah, but you're not doing it. And those are the ones that affect us the most. So thank you so much for saying that. And I hope our audience is really paying attention to what you're saying because that itself is definitely something that, even when I first started out, was something that I I feared as well, you know. And the bigger you get, the more they're going to come, the more comments you're going to get. So you just have to just understand that, okay, I'm doing better. You know, I'm getting there because I'm I'm getting more people <laughs> that are right. saying, you know, saying negative things. So thank you so much for that. And there's something else that you said when you first started. You were like, you know, who who would I go to, the the neighbor next to me that has three to four businesses that they started to go to the CEO of Subway? And what what that brought to me was being approachable. How important is approachability when it comes to, you know, selling what you know and your audience being able to approach you in some shape, form, or fashion? Well, it's very important, and it will change over time, though. You, have, you do have to realize that when I first started – I would answer every direct message. I'd answer every email. Um, and, and again, that's what attracts people to people who are just starting out that are accessible. But it's always a journey, and it will change just like at some point the people that you put on a pedestal, they were easily accessible in the beginning. I mean, for instance, you know, I get probably 200 emails a day now. I get hundreds of messages on, on, on social media. And I do still respond to a lot of them, but my team handles a lot of them as well. My, uh, I, I haven't read an email in, in three years. I follow the, uh, the sort of the four-hour workweek model where, you know, at the end of the day, my assistant will bring me any emails that are pressing that I need to respond to, and, and, and I'll respond to them. As well, sometimes I personally respond to, to customers um, when I have some extra time, absolutely. But uh, the thing is, is if you want to scale your business, at some point, you will become less accessible. And that's the other thing is, you know, in the beginning, people, people in the beginning, people reached out to me because they wanted to get started. I was accessible. But now people reach out to me because uh, of the, the name I've built and, and, you know, what I've done. They, they not only reach out to me because they want to learn from one of the best. Um, and, and I, you know, I try to be humble saying that, but ultimately, I do have to put that in my marketing is, is, you know, I've 
in the world of selling your advice online, there's only a handful of people that have hit the numbers um, that our company has hit. And I know most of those people. I've learned from a lot of those people and they're friends of mine and they're amazing. Uh, I don't even consider them competitors. You know, they're amazing entrepreneurs. But at the end of the day, if you want to learn how to scale and that's one thing that you want to learn, you you don't really want to reach out and work with somebody who's that accessible because if they're that accessible, then how, how are they scaling? You know? So a lot of entrepreneurs reach out to me because they want to scale. And whenever I always answer, you know, or my team or me answers, they say, well, you know, can I get on a phone call with you real quick, Dan? As the year winds to a close, a new work life normal is emerging. How we work, where and when we work, and what work we're willing to do have all changed. Here to help break it all down is LinkedIn's Jessie Hempel and her podcast, Hello Monday. Hello Monday is for listeners who are looking to grow their professional lives and take ownership over their careers. Through each episode, listeners will learn they have more agency than ever before when it comes to changing their circumstances. I'm excited to hear what Jesse has to say about the norm when it comes to the work-life balance and how things have shifted and what I should be looking out for. Join Jesse as she talks to luminaries, legends, and listeners about their career journeys and takeaways that you can apply to your own career. If you want more from your professional life, whether it's a career pivot, a promotion, or even a first job, Hello Monday is here to help show you how. Listen and subscribe to Hello Monday with Jesse Hempel on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite pods. And I always say, well, listen, if I was that easy to get on the phone with, you wouldn't want to learn from me because you came to me to learn how to scale and to remove yourself from the business. Um, and that's such a contrast to the beginning, you know, and that's what you have to understand is that your accessibility will change. Your if things will change, it is a journey. Those people that right now you put on a pedestal and you say, because I remember, I remember looking at, I remember there's a guy named Mike Dillard, very, very um, prominent um, um, uh, internet marker, as well as Ryan Levesque, um, as well as Russell Bronson. And, you know, I, I remember looking at these guys saying, these guys are amazing. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll never be on that level. And, and not saying that I am on that level, but, Today, you know, I have conversations with all those guys. You know, they're like my friends. You know, I've hung out with them. I've had dinner with them. And it's so crazy and humbling to look back and, 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 and you know, realize that seven years ago, I was where a lot of people are listening. You know, I was there. I hadn't even made a, a penny. And now I'm having dinner with my heroes. And that is so – it's humbling but it's also encouraging because if you think about it, if I can do it, I, I grew up in a small Florida town where literally the best job there was being a manager at Applebee's. That was like if you could manage Applebee's, you were you were uh, you were something else in that town. And nobody had a lot of ambition there, and. You know, nobody was very encouraging there. Anytime you had big goals, people would put you down because they, they, they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want you to have bigger goals than them. And I, I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. But I, I can tell you right now that absolutely anybody, you know, again, I was a broke musician from a small town, Spring Hill, Florida. If I 
can make it to where I've made it. If I can have dinner with, with the heroes of my industry, so can you. Because I didn't have a head start. I didn't have a G, I didn't do any JVs where I got I didn't have any fa- famous friends. I didn't have anybody to sort of give me that boost. I had to do it from square one and build it from scratch. And if I can do that, you can absolutely do that as well. And that's what I teach people because you know probably about eighty to ninety percent of the influencers in our industry they got their start by associating themselves with somebody else and. I did not have that luxury. Nobody, I didn't know how to do that. I didn't, I mean, I, I didn't know how to like get somebody to promote me. So I had to do it myself and I built it from the ground up. And if I can do that, you absolutely can do it as well. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you for saying that because I do know that there are a lot of people who do they, when you first start off, like you said, when you first start off, you're going to have to do everything. You're going to make all those personal phone calls. But then as in order for you, like you said, to scale, you have to have a team. So how how is the process for you in picking the team that has synergy with you, your goals, your missions, and the vision of what you are growing? That is a great question. And I can tell you one of the best things you can do is you can hire your customers and from your audience. And here's why. When you go to hire, yes, absolutely. That's most of my team members are customers or fans. Um, And it's because if you hire somebody, right, and they don't know anything about your business, it's going to take months for them to not only assimilate into what you do and your vision, but also you have to find the right people that fit your, uh, fit your culture. For instance, we have a very relaxed culture. We have a very, um, you know, I don't do things normally. Like, you know, I, uh, just to give you an example, right? Um, I live in Florida. Medical marijuana is very popular here, right? I have a policy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't, you know, I don't want any, I don't think I would want to hire anybody that was doing like hard drugs or anything, but I don't penalize, like I don't drug test my employees. I don't, you know, if you want to smoke weed, smoke weed. I don't care as long as you can do your job well. You know, yeah, you know, that's the thing. It's like, I don't do things normally as well. Um, I let my employees almost make their own hours. You know, I say, listen, if you get the job done, you get the job done. I don't care. And I have a very relaxed environment and I, le- I allow them to focus on on being transformational and not transactional. And when you hire your audience or your customers, what happens is they come into your culture, right? They're, well, they're already a part of your culture because they wouldn't be a customer or a fan if they weren't a part of your culture. Like we make a lot of jokes. Right. We're not we, we're not sensitive. We don't participate in the whole cancel culture thing. We're not about that. We are blunt to the point. Um, we like humor. We're not going to sack. We're not going to like, you know, we don't, we were, we're respectful, but we're not always walking on eggshells of what we say. Like I can, I cannot run a company where people are afraid of what to say. You know, I, I can't do that. Um, you have to be, you know, and if you make a joke or something and it's not a great joke, then all right, well, it wasn't funny. You know, I don't, I don't sit there and put people under so much pressure to say the right thing all the time. I allow them the freedom to be themselves and, you know, 
be in an open, non-judgmental environment where people aren't always, you know, people are open to disagree. People are open to have their own thoughts and opinions. And, you know, also, like I said, we give very, you know, my style is to be very blunt. So if I get on a coaching call with a client and I say, listen, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to say, that thing you're doing right there, it sucks. It's terrible. You should take it out in the back and shoot it, set it on fire. Here's how to do it better. Like I don't, we don't waste time with tea and crumpets. And so again, if I were to hire somebody that was like overly sensitive or needed all kinds of coaxing, just, just, they wouldn't be a customer. They wouldn't be a fan of mine if they were like that. And therefore they would not be an employee. And so with the culture if you hire from your audience or your customers, they're already a part of your culture. So you don't have to worry about that. The second thing is assimilating into what you do, learning your business model. Well, again, if they're your audience or your customers, they already know your business model. They're fans. Right. They know everything you do. They know every product. And so when you do that, it's just so much faster. I mean, I've heard you know, uh, that at some companies, it costs an average of $250,000 just to hire and train a new manager to switch over from an old one. That's nuts. Mm -hmm. That's insane. So, you know, to me, when you hire from your uh, fan base, when you hire from your customers, you skip so much of what makes hiring and team building hard and you get right to the part that's fun and that's building something great. Now, that is awesome. I've honestly, I have not heard that one before. That was a new one for me, and when you said it, the moment you said it, it made so much sense because, like you said, if they're fans or if they're customers, they're already in your culture. They already believe in what you do. They've been following you. Right. They've been studying you. They follow your work, your teachings. You know, they've grown from what you taught, so it's so much easier for them to come into the culture and then be able to go out and tell someone else what it is because they've experienced it. Correct. But I've, ne I've never actually heard anybody put it into words. So thank you for saying that because that is. Well, thank you for asking. What, <laughs> you're very welcome. Um, I've noticed that a lot of a lot of people, well, including myself, when I when I started my first business back in 2009, my biggest thing was I'm gonna do it myself because I can't trust anybody to do it like I would. But if I would have known that then, I had so many people who supported me. I had. You know, friends who supported me, they were like, and they knew what I did. They knew what I was doing because they followed me. They were fans, you know. So if I would have known then, oh, the first business would have been great, but everything happens for a reason. <laughs> 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 everything happens for a reason. <laughs> so, so thank you so much for, for breaking that down to our audience because I know a lot of them, they want to they want to scale, but they don't know who to trust to help them. And so you just helped a lot of our a lot of our listeners. So thank you very much. Now there's there's something else that you said that um well no next the next question that I have for you is okay, Mr. Henry. I am I have all this knowledge that I want to share. How do I break it down into a way to sell it to my audience or to even present it to my audience? Like how do I do that? I've I've written it all out. I've jotted I've jotted down every single idea. I have this course over here. I have that course over there. But where do I even begin in order to get it to my audience? 
Oh, that's a fantastic question, and I'm gonna I'm gonna unload on you. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna load a ton, Go <laughs> ton on your plate with this one. So first of all, the number one thing is never ever try to create a second business unless you've already made a million dollars with the first one. Because if you haven't made a million dollars with the first one, you have absolutely no business having a second business. Just like, oh, I've got multiple courses. Why? Make a million dollars with the first one, then we'll talk about a second one. And even then, I'll probably still say no. Um, one of the keys to my success was focusing on one offer. One offer. One core offer. Okay? Uh, like right now, we have... We have three main offers, but it's really one core offer, okay? And again, that's because, again, you know, I'm not starting out. Um, but generally, how it works is somebody will buy my book uh, or they'll watch a, a free presentation that I give. And they'll, they'll read the book or watch the presentation. They'll be like, wow, this is amazing information. I think I could really build a fantastic business or, or increase my business if I had Dan's team's help. So then what they'll do is they'll book a call. And in the past, I used to sell it over an order page. You can do either or. It just depends on the type of offer. But for me, currently, we book a call. So they book a call. We get on the phone with them, an actual phone call, old school, you know, sort of like this interview. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, we, we, just, we just ask. We, see, we look at what they're doing, and we see if we can help. And if we can't help, we're honest. If we can't help, we show them, you know, how we can help them, give them details on our coaching program and allow them to make the decision if they want to be a part of it. And if they do, they get in. So then they get into our, our main coaching program. From there, uh, they'll get some success doing that. And if they want to upgrade, they can upgrade to my mastermind, which is something I recommend for a lot of people once they hit their first million dollars in revenue is to have some sort of upper level um, where they get more access to you. And, and that's it. And and that that is actually a pretty robust robust offer. My first eight million, I only had a free presentation to a course that cost about a thousand bucks, sold over an order page. That was it. And that is the thing: is when you focus on one thing, you can make it great. If you focus on two things, you're giving fifty percent effort to two things, and nobody ever got anywhere giving fifty percent effort. So that's the first thing. The second thing is in terms of structuring what you're going to teach, it's very simple how to do this. You identify where your target customer is at, the average current situation. Then you identify what I call a QER, a quantifiable end result. That is a tangible, trackable uh, uh, end result that they would want to get when they complete your program. And that is the end, right? And you just take the, 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 the major steps between A and B, and you teach them what they need to know to get from A to B. If you create a course that's just like, I'm going to make you happier, or I'm going to make, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to um, teach you how to, to uh, uh, I mean, just this is like sort of vague, you know, no, you need, let, let me give you an example. Let's say you're going to teach speakers how to get, how to get uh, more, how to grow their speaking business. So if you were to teach a new speaker how to land their first paying gig, that would actually, in most scenarios, do better than just, let me teach you how to grow your speaking business. Because it's quantifiable, right? It's like, here you are, you're a new speaker, you haven't landed your first gig yet, I'm gonna, you're going to go through my program, and then you're going to land your first gig. That is a clear-cut A to B. Or let's say your program uh, is for existing speaker 
existing speakers that want to charge more and land higher paying gigs, okay? Well, you're an existing speaker, you're working for pennies, you're speaking for, for, for travel and, and expenses and maybe a little bit of money. Let me show you how to get ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 of speech. That's a different market. That's a different uh, sub-niche uh, of that market with a clear beginning and end. And that's what you have to have. You have to have a clear beginning and end. You can't just say, oh, you're a speaker, I can help you, right? you got to quantify it. you got to be clear on who you're helping, at what point in their journey you're helping them, and at what point they want to be in their journey when you're done helping them. Once you decide on that, everything else becomes very clear. And one of the first things you can do right now to test your theory on that is what I call the curious expert. You can go on your Facebook page, your LinkedIn, whatever, and you can simply post the following. You can say, hey, everybody, you may or may not know this, but over the past several years, I've achieved blank. And blank would be like whatever you have achieved, weight loss, growing your business, speaking, whatever. I'm thinking about putting together a free training, walking through the steps of how I do this. Would anybody be interested? Now, here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. If, if it's crickets, okay, then you just adjust that offer and you try to get. But if you get a bunch of people saying, I'm in, I'm in, I'm, I'm interested, I'm interested, well, now you have to understand the 1% rule. And the 1% rule is something I discovered a few years ago, and that is this. If there are a group of people that are willing to consume your information for free, there will be a percentage of those people that, are be, that will be willing to pay for that same information in greater detail. And it only takes 1% of your audience to become a millionaire. For instance, my first year in business, on average, we converted about 1%, meaning if 100 people signed up and became a follower or we got on my email list or whatever, about 1% would I am determined to be rich. The middle class is not for me. I need news that cares about me. And not news that's going to scare me or make me mad at another people. I need news without politics. And I want news that will point me to the money. This is the news where it happens. The moments that change the world. These are the stories we need. The info that we care about. We only give you news that puts money in your pocket. And the news that gives us an advantage. This is the work that continues. Who we are today. And what we can become. Tomorrow. That's it. This is where news without agendas can lead us. Your wealth matters. This is why more perspectives make us stronger. And how our mission inspire tomorrow this is journalism that helps the world we live in this is mexit news immediately buy well from that one percent in the first year in business i was able to buy my dream home which is an eight thousand square foot home on the water in saint petersburg florida a year later i was able to buy uh my dream car which is a tesla model x I was able to get better doctors for my son. I was able to, um, you know, just upgrade my lifestyle uh, substantially. 
and most recently, uh, we, I was talking about this on my podcast, uh, I purchased a 60-foot luxury catamaran yacht that we're going to be running um, millionaire cruises off of, meaning uh, we're going to be bringing our customers on board, we're going to be selling tickets to Mastermind on the ship, and going out for, uh, for outings on, on, the, on the yacht. And this is all possible, and you know, I'm, not, I'm not telling you this to brag, because I know a lot of people are probably thinking that right now, but the thing is, I'm telling you that because all of, all of that end result, all of that personal wealth can be achieved with just 1% of your audience. Yeah. And that's the 1% rule. Wow. I like that 1% rule. <laughs> and yeah. I, I, think that's, <laughs> I think that's where we get nervous because we're thinking, you know, um, 100 people, a hundred people said they do it, but only ten did it. And now I'm sitting here like, but all oh, 100 was supposed to. And now I'm down, not even celebrating the fact that you at least got one percent, you know, or ten percent, you know. But you at least got one percent. That that one person, you at least got that one person. And when we when we just celebrate that victory, I think it makes it a lot easier for us to keep moving forward. But there's something that, you, it's something that you said, and so it brings me to another question. So, Mr. Henry, I have it all set up. I don't know what to charge. How do I, how do I determine the price point? And once I determine the price point, how do I get past the fear of nobody's going to buy this because it's this much or they may think it's too much? Well, uh, first of all, most of that is definitely in your head. But I will tell you this, <laughs> if somebody doesn't buy from you, it is simply because you did not effectively sell them. All right. That's it. So all right. let me give you an example. All right. A lot, so think about this, right? I, I can give some basic advice on this, but pricing and things like that, a lot of times, uh, and this is why we work with people on this, is because you've got to really dive into what your offer is. But I will tell you this, most people are undercharging. And I'll give you a few reasons why. Number one, people that are willing to pay a higher price are easier to say yes. Just like if you if you imagine somebody going to a buy here, pay here uh, car lot, they're going to sit there for hours and haggle over the price of the car. But somebody that walks onto a Lamborghini dealership, if they want the car, they buy it. Because people who are in a mindset of investing that much in themselves are also in the mindset of making quick decisions, period. So when you charge more, you get better customers. You get customers that are easier to sell to, and you are allowed to create a better product. So I'll give you an example of a conversation I had with a client recently. She is a freelance graphic designer. And she's only char- she, she came to us, and she's only charging like a few hundred dollars for her program. I said, why are you charging a few hundred dollars? She says, well, I don't think it's worth any more than that. And I say, okay, well, I think you should charge five grand. And she says, well, what makes you think it's worth five grand? I, you know, I said, well, let me ask you this. What makes you think it's not? Think about this. In the past year, how much money have you made as a freelance graphic designer? She says, I made about $70,000 as a freelance graphic designer. Said, so let me get this straight. You don't think a graphic designer that is struggling would pay you $5,000 to learn how to make $70,000? Because you're either bad at math or logic. 
Okay. That's so awesome. <laughs> All right. And think about this. Think about this. Um, I, I know a, a personal friend of mine who has a marriage uh, coaching program on how to save your marriage. She charges $10,000. Now, you might say, well, why would somebody pay that? How is that worth that? Well, think about it. How much, how much do you own in real estate? Let's say you have a house together. And let's say that house is worth about $300,000. Let's say you have $100,000 worth of cars. Now we're up to $400,000. let us say you have um, $50,000 in cash in the bank and $50,000 in stock. Now we're up to $500,000. That's not to mention clothes, jewelry, children, which are priceless, and all of that. So let's just say it's $500,000. Well, what, you know, what do you have to lose? Only half of everything you've ever worked for and built. So now I answer the I ask the question: You don't think somebody would pay you ten thousand dollars to potentially save two hundred and fifty thousand dollars? Because that's half of five hundred. So pricing most of the time is all in your head. You don't think you can charge more because you don't realize the value, and you have to think about it correctly. And Listen, I know, I know people who have made a million dollars teaching how to use Microsoft Excel. I know people that have made a million dollars teaching people how to lose weight through jump roping. And, you know, I'm not saying they charge $10,000 for their offer, but I can tell you this. If you're charging 50 bucks, you can probably charge 500 If you're charging 500 you can charge $5,000. Uh, I've sold a $100,000 offer before. And I didn't. I didn't even get a blink at it. In fact, there was a day. And, and th- th- here, here, here. If you want to be inspired, listen to this. Right after the pandemic started, uh, we had a live event scheduled, and this is where I almost made a huge mistake. It was a, a an offer, or it was a live event that was going out to our coaching uh, program members. And my plan was to make an offer for thirty thousand dollars for them to join me in a mastermind where they get access to me, they get to come out and meet with me several times a year, uh, you know, and, and really get a lot of attention from me on their business. And when the pandemic hit, I thought, I can't do this event now because, you know, A, who's going to pay $30,000 for that now? And B, who's going to, we can't do events. So I'd have to do it over Zoom. How am I going to sell $30,000? And I was getting it in my head. And then another eight-figure entrepreneur, uh, friend of mine, said to me, he says, Dan, he says, and he, and he, he literally gives me my own medicine. He <laughs> says, you don't think somebody would, he, he's like, Dan, how many people have you brought to a million dollars? I said, dozens and dozens. He's like, Dan, how many people have you brought to even $100,000? I said, hundreds. He said, you don't think somebody would pay you $30,000 to learn how to make even 10 grand a month. That's basically three months invested. And he's like, and he's like, your worst students, your absolute worst students, students make that. You don't think they, you know, how many people have made far more than that? You don't think they pay you for that, regardless of the. Of, and I said, you know what, you're right. So what I did was I, I took a, a one single camera, hooked it up to my laptop, and from my dining room at my house during the height of the lockdown, I did the event. We had about 160 people on. I did a two-day event, I taught, and then at the end, I made the offer for that $30,000 mastermind. I sold 34 and made a million 20000 in a single day. Mm-hmm. During the pandemic, on a Zoom call from my dining room. So the moral of the story is, 
never, ever, ever undervalue yourself or tell yourself that people won't buy because the second you tell yourself people won't buy, that's when you've secured your faith. But if, you, if you're going to make – because you don't know the future, right? You don't know the future. You could say, this is going to fail, or you could say, this is going to succeed. If you say it's going to fail, your chances of failure are extremely high. But if you say it's going to succeed, your chances of, fail, uh, of success are extremely high. And so if you're going to make up stories, things that haven't happened yet, at least tell yourself the story that serves you. And telling yourself you're going to win, you're going to do great, you're going to succeed, will increase your chances of succeeding because you will do what's necessary to make it happen. So never, ever tell yourself you're going to fail and never undervalue yourself. All right. I love that. I, I love that because we, we get to that point where we're like, okay, I have this, but I don't know what to charge for it or nobody's going to buy this. You know, we, we do what you just said. Nobody's going to buy this. And now we have just sealed our fate of nobody's going to buy this. <laughs> so, so thank you. Thank you very much for letting our audience know that it's, we get so nervous when it comes to sharing our knowledge, but we want to quote unquote save the world, you know. So how, how important has it been? Cause you, and you've been saying it, you, but I'm not sure if our audience has actually been listening. But how important is it when it comes to doing exactly what you did and having the mindset behind it to get it done? Well, mindset is everything. And, and you know, the funny thing is, is uh, mindset is something that a lot of entrepreneurs think is fluff or they think they don't need it or they think it's BS. And those are the entrepreneurs that think uh, – those are the entrepreneurs that need it the most. Uh, you got to remember, your mind is an engine, right? It's what makes your body and, and, and your brain and everything work. You can have a car that is a, a nice car. You can have great paint, leather seats, shiny wheels, all that. But if the engine's messed up, it doesn't matter how nice that car is, it will not move down the road. And if your mind is not in the right place, you can't execute on all those fancy things that you think are so helpful, like emails and webinars and Facebook ads and all that. I mean, how many times have you seen a fighter, a boxer, a UFC fighter, etc., lose. Well, a fighter that generally wins and wins with conviction, wins convincingly. All of a sudden, they get beat like they'd never – and they look terrible. It's because they let something get in their head. And almost every interview – just go watch. Go right now and watch. You will see almost every single fighter that gets in that position in an interview says – my mind wasn't in the right spot. My head wasn't right. I let something get in my head. I let the other opponent get in my head. Give you a perfect example. Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo was undefeated for 10 years as the, uh, uh, I believe it was flyweight champion. Um, and it, I mean, he never lost. Well, when Conor fought him, leading up until the fight, Connor would just do all kinds of stuff to get it in his head. At one point during the press conference, he stole his belt and went running around the arena. And he got so bad into Jose Aldo's head 
that at the beginning of the fight, they came out, and, and Connor even said exactly what he was going to do. And in and the fight started, and within 13 seconds, Connor knocked this man, who was the champ for 10 years, who had barely ever lost a round, knocked him out in 13 seconds. And it wasn't because he was necessarily that much better of a fighter. In fact, some would argue that Connor isn't that good of a fighter compared to Aldo. But what happened was he got in his head, and that is mindset. If you let things like, I'm not good enough, I'm an imposter, you know, uh, this is overwhelming, blah, blah, blah. If you let that get in your head, you will fail. And the other thing is, is what I call tactical mindset. It's a more practical version of mindset. And let me give you an example of tactical mindset. A lot of people in this industry, they're constantly chasing the easier way. Oh, should I do a webinar or should I do this or should I do that? You know, what's the easier, simpler way and da 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 And listen, yes, there are ways that are easier than others depending on who you are, sure. But at the end of the day, if you're constantly changing, uh, if you're constantly chasing the easy way, there's going to be a small group of entrepreneurs such as myself that surpass you because they simply accepted that they needed to get good at the hard way. Mm. And once you accept that you just need to get good at the hard way, it actually doesn't become that hard because most of what makes it hard, hard is your anticipation of it being hard. You know, like I hear all, I hear excuses so much. Well, Dan, I don't want to be, you know, I, I can't be on camera. I, I need to figure out a different way to sell my, my products because I don't like being on camera. I, I'm an introvert. Get over it. Get <laughs> over it. Learn how to articulate. Learn how to speak. Focus on being confident. Get over it. Because here's the thing. Most people, they want to have a nice car. They want to have a nice house. They want to have a, a successful business. But they never, ever focus on becoming the person that deserves it, becoming the person that can make it happen. I didn't used to speak properly. Seriously, I had a stutter. I, I did not speak, and sometimes it still comes out. A lot of people today say that I'm one of the more articulate speakers in this industry. And it's because I realized that every successful person that I knew spoke well. And so I said to myself, I need to learn to speak well. And I worked on it every single day. I worked on inflection, and I worked on rhythm and cadence so that when I was talking, you just kept paying attention to the words and I didn't bore you like this. And that way, when I spoke, it demanded attention. I would study Larry King live. I would, I would study actors that had amazing diction and amazing articulation, and I would learn to model it. And that, that is one of the unsexy things. You know, oh, here's this script. Here's this template. Those are the sexy things that entrepreneurs want to hear. The unsexy thing is get better at speaking. You know, like seriously, get better, talk better. But nobody talks about that because they're afraid to, to, to tell their customers to do something hard. I'm not afraid. Listen, if you get on camera and you sound like this, nobody's going to buy from you. Sorry. So instead of going off and trying to figure out how to do something else, why don't you just get good at talking on camera? Now, we've worked, like, for instance, here, here's something for your audience. For anybody in your audience that, that sucks on camera, here's something you can do. 
go find an overactor. An overactor would be somebody like Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey, um, you know, even Christopher Walken. Start doing impersonations. Start mimicking how they talk. Try to mimic scenes from their movies. And what will happen is you'll try to mimic and go so over the top because those actors are just so wild and crazy that when it comes time for you to say something simple like, click the link included with this video and register for the webinar now. It'll become easy. I can't tell you the amount of times that when I was with a group of friends, I would do these terrible impersonations just to get comfortable. Because I think I thought to myself, if I can embarrass myself in front of friends at a party trying to mimic Jim Carrey, I can easily tell somebody to register for my webinar in a Facebook ad. Right. And that that's part of getting good at the hard way. And that's part of mindset, accepting that you just got to get good at it. You'll spend years trying to figure out a better way within just a couple of weeks you can get better at talking on camera. It's stuff like that, what I call tactical mindset, that isn't just this, all this fluff, you know, manifesting stuff. It's, it's, it's real tangible things that can help you turn your mind into a weapon, a weapon to create wealth. All right. Thank you so very much for going deeper into that. Thank you very much because I'm going to speak for myself. I'm not going to speak for anybody else because <laughs> I don't want to put anybody else under the bus. But when, when I first, when I first, when I went into the second wave of my business and I reached out for help, I was, you know, it was just, I just need help building my business. And that was it. I didn't think about, you know, mindset and my the only, the customers that I'm attracting are, is because of the vibration that I'm putting out because of my mindset. You know, I didn't think about all that. I didn't think about, you know, who you are in your personal will come out in your business, and it's all due to mindset. I didn't think about that. So thank you for going into depth, going in depth on that because I, we really need our audience to understand that who you are in your mind is going to come out in your business, and you won't be as prosperous as you could possibly be if you don't focus on your mindset. So, Mr. Henry, thank you so much for going in-depth on that. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So you have a book out that I would love yeah. to <laughs> that I would love to ask you about. The it's and it's called The Digital Millionaire's Secrets. So can you tell our audience more about your book and and a, a little bit about what they will get when they go in and purchase your book. Absolutely. So uh, the book is, I like to think of the book in the following way. If I could go back in time and meet my former self when I was just getting started in this industry, and I wasn't allowed to use my mouth, I wasn't allowed to speak, I could only hand myself some sort of object to help my younger self succeed faster and with less mistakes. I would hand them a manual. I would hand myself a manual, literally a step-by-step -step manual on how to do it. And this book is that manual. And there's a lot you're going to learn in this book, including how to create a great offer, uh, how to uh, sell a beta version of it to make sure it sells, how, how we scale to eight figures, uh, and over $15 million in revenue by raising our prices. 
Uh, and as well, one of the things that people love about this book is, if you remember, I told you about my first 30 days when I made $100,000 on those two webinars and selling that offer. There is a step-by-step, there's a whole chapter. It's a step-by-step, day-by-day, hour-by-hour account of everything I did in those first 30 days to make that happen. You can literally, it's called the, the 30 Days to 100K Blueprint. It is in the book. And you can read that, follow along, and do it yourself. And, you know, if you do that and you make some money, uh, my, you know, I'll be transparent. Uh, The reason I give that away in that book is because I want to inspire people to go out and do it. And when they see there's potential, I'd like you to upgrade and join our coaching program so we can help you scale it even more. And that's why I give that value away in the book to show you, hey, you can do this. You know, you can do it. And I give you the step-by-step to get started. So um, that, is, uh, that is what you can expect from the book. And if you'd like to get a copy of the book, what I'd like to do for your audience is actually give you a free copy. Um, as long as you cover the shipping, you know, got to pay the postman, uh, I will <laughs> send you the book and I'll send it to you fast. <laughs> I'll send it to you for free, just cover the shipping. And you can get that at getclients.com slash s. T-S podcast. So that stands for, uh, you know, it's the acronym of your uh, uh, podcast. So uh, S as in Sam, T as in Tom, S as in Sam podcast, getclients.com slash S-T-S podcast. Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, Guys, go get your copies. Please go get your copies so you can move and shift and actually live and build your dreams. So, so how can our audience, Mr. Henry, how can they reach out to your team to sign up for the the coaching program or to find out more about the coaching program? Well, I highly recommend you read the book first. Uh, Make (laughs) sure it's for you. Okay. Um, You can go to getclients.com slash book to book a call. But honestly, I think you should – uh, I definitely think you should read the book first. Now, when you get the book, um, you will have an opportunity to book a call and speak with us. We we have uh, some emails that go out um, right away uh, uh, that give you that link. Uh, as well, that link is in the book. So, you know, you'll definitely have that link when you get the book. But I highly recommend that you, you read the book first. It's a very quick read. You can read it in just a couple of hours. I kept it very short, sweet, and to the point. Um, but if it resonates with you, book a call, and, and we'll just see if we can help you and and see if we can help you scale this thing. Awesome. So, Mr. Henry, do you have any final words for our audience today? Uh, I absolutely do. Um, and this is something, and, and, you know, this is something that a lot of people don't like to hear. And you might think I'm a terrible person for saying this. Um, and, you know, it, maybe it even seems pitchy. But I'm going to be quite honest. Tony Robbins said, if you want to be successful, to find somebody that's doing and it is successful at what you want to do. Well, Dan Henry says, if you really want to be successful, um, I'm sorry, Tony said, find somebody who's successful at what you want to do and then model them and you'll be successful too. Well, I say, if you really want to be successful fast, just find that person and pay them to show you how to do it and work with you to make it happen. And so I always say, listen, you don't have to pay me. 
You don't have to sign up for my program. You, you, you don't have to give me a single cent. But I highly encourage you to pay somebody. You know, if you buy a plane with the intention of flying your own plane, what's the first thing you buy? You buy flying lessons. Why? Because if you don't know how to fly, the plane crashes. Brain surgeons, you know, they go to medical school and they learn how to operate on the human body before they operate on the human body. Lawyers go to law school before they defend somebody in court. It's because in almost every trade, in almost every, you know, industry in life, you go and learn from somebody that's already done it so that you learn how to do it. But for some crazy reason, entrepreneurship and business is the one single solitary exception to that rule where people somehow live in this fantasy world where they think that they can build a successful business without ever paying to learn how to do it. And that is the biggest pipe dream perpetrated in American society or in the world. And it's funny because when somebody says, let me teach you how to operate, let me teach you how to fly, let me teach you how to dive, let me teach you how to, how to um, defend in court, nobody bats an eye. But if somebody says, let me teach you how to build a business, society says, scammer, scammer. <laughs> but yet, you'll pay $70,000, $100,000 with 20% annual student loan interest to go learn how to make money at a college from people that make forty grand a year. But, but that's not a scam. And that's because society is designed to keep you poor because if everybody was rich, the economy would collapse. And so they have to keep people poor. So you don't have to pay me to help you with this. You absolutely don't. But I implore you, if you want to build this business, if you want to build any business, go out and find somebody who's good at it and pay them whatever they want to help you do it. That is the fastest way to success. You cannot buy love, but you can buy success. All right. Thank you very much, Mr. Dan Henry. That was awesome, ladies and gentlemen. Go get the book. Go get the book. Get client.com slash s TS podcast, go get the book, learn, and you heard what he said. Go pay somebody to teach you. <laughs> Please, just if you want to be successful, invest in yourself. Again, Mr. Henry, thank you so very much for joining us today on the She Gets a Success podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. And from the words of our founder and CEO, Mr. Antonio T. Smith, Jr., you can plant better, you can dominate.
when the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world, not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire. I came really close. So the pandemic was a blessing. It was hiring people. And get this, everybody. I had 48 job positions open during the pandemic. $22 an hour with paid training. And I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well. 48 job positions. $22 an hour. Paid training. And I couldn't find someone, not one person, for those job positions. Now, is it because I hire slowly? True. But it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter. And that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate. And if the if it's if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out, uh, review, and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I. I T E R zip recruiter dot com slash B to B.
And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. It's also in the show notes.